Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, everyone, and welcome into the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. I am joined by Rich Rebar here on a gray December morning. Gray, just gray, just gray outside. Uh, we out are Christmas. We got Christmas Eve. We got Christmas Day. The the war on the American family by Roger Goodell and his cohorts continues. But we are here. This is our betting picks against the spread show. Reeves and I pick our five favorite games against the spread on a Friday morning. And uh, yeah, man, we're here. Eh, good game on good game on Thursday night. I mean, good game for fantasy, not a good game for uh reality i suppose the rams oh the rams are gonna make the playoffs man good for them yeah I'm, i put it out there last night like there's a real chance they could play the lions in the first round which i think is just a tremendous not i think it's, it could be a real fun real game and then you've got all the narrative stuff like the golf stafford ben johnson mcveigh brad holmes like it would be pretty fun if we got that one yes i i am i'm definitely i'm definitely rooting for that game all right man let's do it you can start us off. What is your fifth favorite pick against the spread? Yeah, this is a tough week for sure, man, uh, for picking games. Uh, but I'm going to start just I'm going to put out some takes in the void. So like, whatever, we'll just we'll use this space. But uh, I'm going to start with the Cowboys. This is uh, my number one. Oh, baby. So, I mean, listen, the Cowboys have lost two games in a row once under Mike McCarthy. People probably don't believe that that's true, but that's that is an actual fact. And they lost that game in overtime, so they've always they're they're they've covered nine in a row after a loss under Mike McCarthy. They're eleven and one against the spread after a loss against Mike McCarthy. Seven and zero against the spread since last season. Three and zero this season. The Dolphins are zero and three outright and against the spread against teams with a winning record. Obviously, we have the Cowboys on the road kind of narrative stuff. I still do believe it from an individual matchup stance of throwing all like the against the spread stuff out this Dolphins offensive line is a, is a potential issue for this matchup I know a lot of people are going to look back at say last week and say all right the Bills just ran all over the Cowboys this is the blueprint it's been put out there but the Bills offensive line is in a way better state than the Miami offensive line you go back to last week where he Mostert had the two touchdowns and he got there for fantasy but he averages fewest yards before contact he only averaged 0.47 yards for contact per carry it was the second lowest rate in a game this season. This is still a potential problem for this matchup. So I think it's a great match, though. I can't wait for this game. I can't wait to watch it. But I'm just gonna just take all those things and kind of just like hold my hold my nose and take the Cowboys, man. This is what the Miami Dolphins have done against serious NFL teams. They lost 14 to 21 against the Chiefs. They lost 31 to 17 against the Eagles. And and 
never looked competitive for a moment in either of those games. Like, like from the first drive, you were like, okay, well, the Dolphins aren't winning this game. Same deal against the Bills. They have blown out the Jets. They lost a squeaker to the Titans. They blew out the Commanders. They blew out the Jets again. They kind of struggled a little bit with the Raiders low key, like was not, was not an easy win for them. They blew out the Patriots. They blew out the Panthers. They blew out the Giants. They blew out the Broncos. Uh, and, and were in that, uh, that close game all the way until the end in week one against the chargers. I just need for the dolphins to be getting this respect. They got to win one of these very serious games. They got to win this game or they got to win the Ravens game next week. But like, you know, for like these, uh, these playoff drafts, you know, on, on underdog and stuff, like I'm not taking, I'm not taking dolphins teams like at, at their cost. I'm not taking Tyreek over a chief. I'm not taking Tyreek over a 49er. I, I just, there, there's like two things at play there. The first being that the McDaniel, like McDaniel, I do think is a genius, but oh, against no. really, but against yeah, really good defenses, uh, you know, it just, it just has not really happened yet. And then the other thing is, is I think it's a very easy buying spot on the Cowboys when they just got smoked in a game everyone was watching and really looking forward to by a Bills team that's playing incredibly, but. And the the Cowboys offensive line is banged up. I think two of their guys got injured in practice this week, so that's like a legitimate concern. But Dak Prescott playing incredible football. Pollard actually like is looking healthier, which is just going to keep them on track a little bit. Not that I think that's like huge for picking the outcome of the game, but I just am not I'm not going into it being like okay, there's going to be a lot of third and nines. The Dak is going to have to bail them out, and Tyreek is is. You know, I mean, he what what was his quote? He said, I'm not going to be able to cut for the rest of the year. And against a, a serious team, not having full abilities, Tyreek is going to matter. So the Dallas Cowboys were my number one pick. I think they are the third best team in the NFL, probably. And they're I'm getting points with them. So I'm I'm taking the Cowboys here. For for fantasy, what are you doing with this game this weekend? It's, everyone's it's just, expensive. Man. The it's salaries hard. are just too much. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's like you, you definitely can't play Tyreek and CD in the same lineup. You you could a a chain is like now not getting any goal line stuff because they're like I I think uh, McDaniel's thing is he's like obsessed with getting Raheem Mostert as many touchdowns as he can to like you know just like settle these records or whatever. I I still probably will play a chain, uh, but if you're gonna do it, you got to do like. The, the super stacks, you got to do two with Tyreek, Dak with CD, and then like, you know, Durham, Smythe, Michael Gallup, like that. I think that's, it's just, I don't, it's, it feels too hard to do, honestly. It is, man. Building lineups on this game is real hard. I was trying to build a couple with Hoka and it's, it's rough. It's, yeah. it's like the salaries are really restrictive. It, unless you're playing like these Jamokes, like Brandon Cooks and like whatever, like who knows what you're going to get out of those guys. The gate, uh, uh, the Dolphins have nobody outside of the, you know, they four players touch the ball for them. Yeah. Uh, all right. My number five is the Indianapolis Colts plus two and a half points at the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, seems like Michael Pittman Jr. is going to play. Uh, you know, the NFL has, you know, they figured out all of this. They've, they've solved, they've solved brain injuries. You know, they, they just got these guys back on the field. They're going to get Jonathan Taylor back this week. And it really just comes down to this feels like how it ends for Artie is losing a home game to Gardner Minshew. I, I just, I, I had said in, in the past, you know, like last couple of weeks, like, Oh, Artie's kind of figured it out. Like Drake London is getting these targets yeah, down, yeah. down the field. Yeah. We, we, we took the Falcons. 
Yeah, we did. And and I think we just learned a very clear lesson, which is that you can't you can't trust this dude. Like he and, and I I'm the the reason why it's my number five and not higher is I I'm slightly concerned that he comes in in this game and he says, "Fine, I'll give all the nerds what they want. They I'll give the ball to Bijan twenty two times. I don't care if he fumbles. I'll throw the ball to you know." 10 times to Drake London, Kyle Pitts will run every route. Like I'm a little bit worried about that, but I think honestly he can't help himself and and it's going to be like Corderell Patterson screens and John Smith trick plays or whatever. And and the Colts are playing the Colts are playing good ball since week 9. They have the second best record in the NFL next to only the 49ers. Like they're playing pretty well. Yeah, I mean they've been a cover machine. The one week they didn't cover was the one week I took them here. <laughs> uh, yeah, but so yeah. brutal. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, they're they're playing pretty solid, and the Falcons are just. I mean, this NFC South situation is is rough. We gotta relegate these guys. Hopefully, I mean, honestly, the Bucks are the most fun team because they play the worst defense of all these teams, and like they've got kind of like the Baker factor. So, like, I hope we just do get the Bucks in because it'll just be a more fun game than if the Saints and uh, or the Falcons game. Because like I've seen enough Saints and Falcons games this year. Kind of just done watching either of these teams play. So done. So done. Yeah, just not not invigorating football in any sense. All right, what is your number four? I think you have this one higher, but uh, this is where I have the Ravens. Yeah, this is my this is my two. Yeah, yeah. I figured you'd have the Ravens higher. I mean, I'm like the the 49ers scare me. Like they're 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 a total Death Star. If it was three or three and a half, I probably wouldn't right. have it on my list at all. But five and a half, come on, it's it's our boy, dude. It's our I- boy. Lamar, it's the it's the rule of Patrick Holmes, right? It's like when you yelled at me last week about Patrick Holmes, I have to do it. I have yeah, to. you were. I yeah. Oh man. That, I mean, that they they could have scored forty. They really. I mean, the Tony freaking drop to interception. Yeah, they. The, you were you were so you were so on the ball with that one last week. I, and I don't know, like from an, like an objective stance, because like when you like break down the Baltimore individual like player matchups and stuff, like h- how this happens. But I know Lamar Jackson in these spots has been amazing. He's five and zero against top ten defenses in his career. He's eleven one and one against the spread as an underdog. That's it. He's played twelve games in a row. He's eleven one and one against the spread. Nine and four outright in those games. Uh, like dude he's he's a cover machine when they when you when you're getting points with him like i said it's gonna be one of these games where it has to be lamar right because you look at the individual pieces like they're down to like the like keaton mitchell's out so you're down to gus edwards against this 49ers defense right like they're are they lining up and rushing rushing gus edwards like 18 times for like an efficient game hell no like you look at zay flowers like the dude's never gone over 80 yards once this year like you got the ghost of Odell Beckham, like Mizzy make a big play. Like it finally, like they're down Mark Andrews. Like, how do you find all these individual pieces? But man, Lamar Jackson just got to getting five points. History five and says a, five and a half points. Yeah, five and his, a half points on a couple spots. History says you take history says you take this. I'm going to take them. I don't know how it gets done, but this is what we're doing. I mean, how it gets done is that the 49ers defense has kind of gotten fat on some offenses that have been struggling a little bit or you got to play ahead, right? Like, and it's honestly both these quarterbacks, like no, neither of these quarterbacks have played from behind all year, but like Purdy has 52 dropbacks this year trailing in the second half. And on those dropbacks, he's a 69.7 rating. It's 25th in the league. Like the Ravens have to find a way to play ahead. Then Mike McDonald can do his, his stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of it. I definitely do think this will get uh, be a game that kind of gets decided relatively early. Like, cause I, you know, you, well, I mean, I don't know. Lamar playing from 10 
you know, 10 behind in the past has kind of been not great, Mm -hmm. but I mean, the Ravens defense is like unbelievable. And maybe this season that he's just more comfortable playing out of the shotgun. Like they, they've been a little bit more pass heavy, uh, you know, with, uh, with the new offensive coordinator, like they played more stuff out of their 11 personnel. And um, yeah, I, 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 I just kind of trust this coaching staff to have, a good strong game plan and be ready to go and just five and a half points with Lamar. Like that's, it's really all the analysis I got. Like, yeah, just five and a half points with Lamar. I, I am, uh, I'm running that one. Uh, all right. So that was your number four. My number four is the Detroit lions minus two and a half points against the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, one, Road Goff, which I stupidly bet on two weeks ago. What idiot! I I mean, I should have just I should have just checked myself into a rehab facility for betting on Road Goff against the Bears in that spot. But it's not. It doesn't count as Road Goff because it's still in a dome, and the Lions are just kind of a wagon on offense. Like they're they're running super effectively. They they actually I believe they have the number one rush yards over expectation offense in the NFL right now, and. Goff, when he's indoors, he's he plays pretty well. St. Brown, Laporta. But really, it just comes down to long sample of Nick Mullins playing and just, like, being pretty mid. Like, just, yeah. like, a pretty mid quarterback. And I, he's got Jefferson. He's got Addison. He's got Hawkinson. Like, he's got the tools. But the Lions are just a better team than the Vikings. Yeah, I think the Vikings actually could have been a really good story this year if Cousins doesn't get hurt. I think this team is pretty solid. And the, you know, Brian Flores has done an absolutely incredible job this season. But it really, the same thing comes comes down to, like, what you said. I mean, one, the, the Dan Campbell cover lines. Like, this, they're a print machine under Dan Campbell. Like, I mean, they have the – them and the Cowboys are tied for the best record against the spread since, since 2021. He took over as the coach. Uh, they're tied for the best record against the spread this year in the NFL – like they, the like betting the Lions has been just been profitable the past three years under Dan Campbell. And like you said, uh, the Nick Mullins factor is what it is. I just don't know if they're gonna be able to score enough points with the Lions. Lions are gonna get their points in this game. Yeah. I and mean, like you said, I mean, uh, nine games indoors, Jared Goff, sixty nine point four completion percentage, eight point one yards per attempt, twenty seven, two hundred seventy four passing yards, twenty one touchdowns, five outdoor games, six and a half yards per attempt, loses twenty yards, only five touchdowns. In those games, four interceptions. I find I think the Lions are just going to be able to score enough points here to cover this, uh, where Nick Mullins isn't because Nick Mullins is not facing the Bengals. Like it's the Lions right. don't have a good pass defense, but like Ty Chandler is not rushing for over 100 yards in this game. Like that's not happening. So yeah, I'm I'm with you on this one. They're just gonna you're, you're just gonna at the end of the year pick on some of these backup quarterback spots against these defenses and teams that are just like relatively better. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess, you know what, that is really what it is. Like, the Lions are just better. Because my number one is the same, is a similar spot. Yeah. Uh, All right, what is your number three? Three. So my three is a huge line, but, I mean, it's it's the Eagles. Uh, Yeah. Just just as a a massive bounce back spot for the Eagles. And, like, the Giants are a team, like, anytime they face, like, any team of competency, like, they get – they like they get just absolutely crushed they're a terrible matchup for the eagles too like structurally what they want to do like wink martindale wants to blitz play a lot of man coverage and like dude aj brown is like the wrong dude to do that against like he's absolutely eviscerating man coverage this year uh and 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 like when jalen hurts is blitzed dude when jalen hurts is blitzed aj brown has 45 percent of the team targets like 
just absolutely bonkers numbers. 53% of the air yards. He has, against man coverage, he has 40. He has a 49% team target share. 49. Like, usually when we drop, like, those kind of, like, splits or something, it's like, the dude has a 30% target share, right? right. 35% maybe, like, Tyreek stuff. 49% of the team targets. So, I mean, just you look at the DeVito stuff, it's been fun. Like, it's run its course. But, like, they face the Saints, who is, is a team, like, relatively fighting for a playoff spot. They get they can't do anything in that game. You go back to the Cowboys game when he made his first start. They lose that game by 32 points. Like, Eagles at home off of, like, this really gauntlet where they faced a lot of really good teams. And they're down bad a little bit. It's, like, the first time you saw Jalen Hurts after that game. Like, it was, like, the first time. We saw it with Mahomes two weeks ago, where it was like the first time Mahomes was kind of down bad and like yeah. kind of like pissy, and like Jalen Hurts was just kind of the same way. And I just—I mean, you know, he just felt like shit, dude. I it just to me yeah. that was obvious. Was he just felt? Yeah, awful he was physically. Yeah. yeah, and just kind of like yeah. So I mean, I just think they come back. You get the long, a little bit of a a, a longer rest. They play on Monday, so like I, they they're gonna crush the Giants. Yeah. They are. They are going to crush the Giants. My One of my favorite moments of the season was the Saints defenders doing the chef's kiss after sacking DeVito. Every sack that was, they did it. Literally yeah. every sack, they all got together. And did that. that was very good content. That was, uh, there's more of that. I need, I want more. That was fun. That was fun taunting. I was, uh, I was on board with that. All right. My number three, uh, I am expecting CJ Beathard to start for the Jacksonville Jaguars and not Trevor Lawrence. I am I am hoping that this is not true. I am down to just Trevor Lawrence at quarterback in two separate Superflex Best Ball Dynasty leagues where we are in the playoff semifinals. So I really want Trevor Lawrence to play, but I think it's going to be Beathard. I am taking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Buccaneers are just sort of your classic do enough to get their team Baker. I mean, Baker actually, is, we, we got to give the man got to give the man his credit. He's been playing very well. They have like, they're just like, they, they are the most perfectly cromulent average NFL team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the Jaguars are coming in without Christian Kirk, without Zay Jones, Travis Etienne's like, um, Cam Robinson's uh, uh, out. Yeah. Uh, the efficiency for ETN is just like gone to absolute zero, it's like Calvin Ridley, who <laughs> I so I think Daigle tweeted this this morning. Last three weeks, he's top five in every opportunity metric for wide receivers and 53rd in actual fantasy points the last three weeks. Like they just, it just feels like they don't have the tools. And and the Buccaneers have all the tools, right? They got Godwin, Evans, White. Like they're, yeah. They, and CJ Beathard, man. It's CJ Beathard in a road game against the playoff team. Like that's all I need to know. I can't wait to stack the shit out of this game in DFS. It's going to be good. It's going to be it's Parker Washington. You're Parker Washington guy. I kind of am. Uh, yeah. I mean, him and JMO are going to be tough. Like that. To, Cause you know, JMO has like the rep, he represents like the one play upside. Whereas like Parker Washington, especially if Beathard plays has to have like 10 targets, <laughs> but both those guys are going to be kind of interesting. Like the fulcrum point of like who the pay down wide receiver on DraftKings. Um, I mean, I, I like Calvin Ridley in this spot. Uh, the, the Bucks are getting Carlton Davis back. They're getting healthier at the right time, too, to make this little surge. Hopefully, like I said, we don't have to watch the Falcons or Saints in the playoff game. Even if the Bucks get flooded, because the winner of the NFC South is going to play the loser of the NFC East between Cowboys-Eagles. <laughs> so, like, they're not going to win in the first round. <laughs> but uh, I would rather see that defense and that offense play than anything the Saints or Falcons are putting out. Yeah, you are you are 100% accurate. All right, we've already done my one and my two, the Ravens and the Cowboys. 
What is your two and what is your well, my one? two was my two was the, I had the Lions. Oh yeah. Okay. So your number one. My I number don't one have is on the my Browns. List. So I wanted to I wanted to put this one on here. I just like the the Flacco thing feels like such a mystery to me. But yeah, I mean, obviously this Texans team, but you know, without Nico might play, but just with Case Keenum in there, it's like it's, it's not a serious operation. Yeah, they're, they're, I mean, Texans are a real good story. Then they just got they got snake bit at the wrong time. Like they, you know, no Tank Dell. Now they're down to Case Keenum. They were barely a functional offense last week. They just had to resort to giving Devin Singletary the ball every play and hope it was enough. And it was against Will Levis. It was. But, I mean, the, the Browns have shown, like, well, this defense, first of all, is a lot better than the Titans. So, like, the, they're facing a better defense. And the the Browns' offense under Joe Flacco, like, Kevin Stefanski has shown, like, they're willing to be aggressive and live with some of the mistakes because he knows the defense is good. But they're just more functional. Like, they're just – the level of functionality they have with Joe Flacco – is just there. I mean, they, they're throwing the ball 4%, 6%, 6% over expectation in his three games. This Houston defense still can't stop the pass. So you can attack them there. They've just got enough pieces. Like you look at Amari Cooper and David Njoku's kind of thriving. It's a terrible matchup for Houston to stop David Njoku too. They haven't stopped any tight end all season. Uh, so yeah, three points. I think the, the Browns probably get a couple turnovers in this game too. Uh, it is a case Keenum revenge game, I guess, but I just don't see how the Texans... It's a Case Keenum revenge game against, like, everyone in the NFL. Like, if Case Keenum gets a start, it's, like, 50% odds that it's a revenge game for him. I just can't see... I just don't see how the Texans generate enough points here. I, well... You're gonna need some Flacco turnovers, which you could get, I guess, but... The 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 path to failure... They lost by 24 points to the Jets. Yeah. Yeah, they did. I mean, the, the path to failure would just be that... Um, the Flacco magic completely runs out. He just, you know, he's just incompleting every third down pass and that Devin Singletary generates 17 points on 33 carries or something. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is a really good, I should have had this one on my list. This should have been, this should have been on my list. I don't know. Something about the Texans, uh, like the, the D'Amico, like I, I just am buying the, uh, the gestational aura that is building in in houston i i'm a buyer on all of it yeah great band name it is a great band name yeah so there we go man we knocked it out that was that was uh that was very very simple very quick it's a hard dfs week because the best game we just mentioned it has only expensive players then justin fields and dj moore are gonna be it's gonna be like the most owned stack of the entire year justin fields and dj moore against the cardinals Yes. Uh, so this the way this got split up, because, you know, there are no buys this week, but we have the two Saturday games, three Christmas Day games, because, you know, Roger Goodell's war on Christmas. This nine-game main slate, I mean, the running backs are an absolute travesty. Like, it's a travesty, but, like, with the way that, like, I know four of them are absolutely getting there, you know? It's interesting, because, I mean, Ty Chandler is going to be popular because of the workload, but... I mean, he it's like the Zeke thing last week. He feels like a just a just such an easy fade. See, to uh, me, I, I think he's gonna be fine. Like I think he I, I guess the the differentiator I always make with guys like this is sort of like what what do I think their juice levels are? And if I think like with Zeke, the juice levels are at zero. So you can totally see how that fails. But like a great example from last week is like Antonio Gibson, who also failed. 
I liked Gibson because I think the juice levels are, I don't know, you know, five out of 10 or something. Chandler juice levels, I don't know, might be seven out of 10. So that means that even in kind of like a shitty game script or whatever, you know, he can catch five passes. He breaks off like a 40 yarder or something just like, and I agree with the analysis that it's the, the lions are going to flood him and it's going to be hard for him to get there. But I don't know. It's like, it's, you know, this is an imperfect science. We we can't project these games at a play level. And like, I, I think he gets 18 touches and I think he's like pretty good. Yeah. I think the larger your field gets though, like he's such, I feel like he's uh, with Chuba Hubbard at the same price in such a better spot at, at one third of the ownership. Sure. Yeah. And mm. I mean, look, we got, we got Pollard, we got a chain, we got Mostert. Uh, I, I think a 1% play that, you know, obviously no one's going to do this is Donta Foreman as leverage off of, uh, DJ Moore and Justin Fields, where like he's literally already had a three touchdown game this year. So I brought Herbert... this up too. That's a that's a great shout because uh, a lot of people are looking at the the snap splits of last week, right? For the Bears, but if you look at it, so the Bears had a sixty four percent drop back rate on Sunday, and that tracks with Roshan Johnson playing the most snaps because he's been the passing down back the entire yep. season. So it's literally, threw, what he does, they threw at a higher rate than they've thrown. Because they couldn't run the ball, and that meant Roshan played more snaps. But, uh, yeah, I think that this game against Arizona as a home favorite, this is the largest spread. This is the first time Justin Fields has been a favorite of more than three points in his career, uh, which is pretty wild to think about. So I do kind of like Deontay Foreman at his price because you can do whatever you want at running back because the board's wide open, right? Like, yeah, what, whatever. Like, you just need kind of Rashad White to meander. Like, like that's kind of where we are, right? Like, if Rashad White has just like an okay game, that or, or if like neither of the Dolphins guys bury you, like it's freaking wide open, like absolutely wide open. I think that's what makes the Fields thing interesting too, because these last like because it's a main slate, and the last three main slates have been old school main slates, right? So you know, yeah. it's, this isn't a jam a min slate because we don't have like those apex guys to like that we have to like jam into lineups. But, but it is one of those old school slates where like, we only have, you only need one quarterback to fail basically on this slate and it's Justin Fields. And then all of your lower price guys are just wide open because two and Dak aren't like your traditional runners. Like they have high ceiling quarterbacks, but like they can be arbitraged because they're not going to have like a ton. Yeah. Of you you can get 28 from someone else. You can't get 35 from someone else, you know, but you can get 28, but, but, but 20, else. but 20 from your min price quarterback carries a lot more weight than it would on a slate that had Josh Allen, uh, Jalen Hurts, uh, a guy that can get like 35, right? So like your guys like Flacco or Beathard if he starts or Baker Mayfield, who's in a good spot, right? Uh, If you get 20 out of those guys, that's a lot different on this slate than it would be on like a a, a typical slate. So I I think definitely as your field size increases – Getting away from Justin Fields, getting away from Ty Chandler just like easily makes a lot of sense this week. Yes. Yeah. Uh my flag plant for the week, Dontavian Wicks. He's gonna score, he's gonna score 20 in this spot. And uh he is gonna be in all of the optimal lineups. That is my that is my big call for the week. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, I'm big on Chuba Hubbard this week. So there's your mini. We did double mini. Or the mini. You could you could mini stack those guys. Hubbard will, I think you're, I think Hubbard will be like pretty forgotten this week because people are just going to click Ty Chandler. So I, I like that one. You, do you want to talk me out of uh, uh, my A-chain 
kamikaze flight I, i'm pretty sure i'm gonna play him again at least like i do i normally do like three or four single entry teams and i'll, I'll probably play him on one just like i can't i don't want to miss out on another a chain 50 burger no i i like him because i think if you look at what the the bills did last week if there's a bills or, or a dolphins player that can resemble doing what james cook did it's a chain versus Mostert, right like in the past, the in the passing game stuff and on the edge stuff that uh, James Cook had success with last week, and not that Mostert is can't fly and can't win on the edge either. But I'm talking about like you know getting that getting him in on those linebackers, being able to do some of those creative things because he's been there. He's out targeted Mostert twelve to three, and if you go back two weeks ago on that Monday night game, they ran like a really dope play where he was lined up in the slot and ran like a double move and Tua just overthrew him. It was gonna be a, it was gonna be an eighty yard touchdown though. Like he blew past the dude. Uh, so I do like a chan a lot. I'm, I'm trying to figure out what to do with the jets guys, because I don't think people are going to play them, but the commanders, like we only have three weeks to attack this commander's defense. And you got the jets as a home favorite. Brees hall is probably going to be kind of forgotten. I think on this slate. No, I don't think so. You don't hey, think so? I, I just, I just looked at ETR and he's like their number three value. At running what about back? Garrett I, Wilson? Garrett Wilson will be a little bit more forgotten just because of the Trevor Simeon thing, but like still owned, like he'll be above 10% and, and all that I mean, stuff. He's five, eight on DraftKings. Uh, he's going to get a 30% target share against commanders, right? Like Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> like uh, just take my 10 targets and see where they go against the commanders. Right. Yeah. And like I said, I'm going to stack Jags bucks. That's like my go-to, right? Like Evan, even, you know, even if Bethard starts. Oh yeah, dude. Because because the the Jags can't run, like I I think I texted you guys in the thread what like week five or six when everyone was like shitting on Tony Pollard I'm like dude, Travis Etienne's doing the same thing and no one cares, and like no one's no one shouted it like and now people have gotten there like eight weeks later the Jags can't run, so you got a pass funnel the the Bucks can't really like so you got Evan Ingram and Calvin Ridley and then Parker Washington if you want to pay down. And you've got Evans, Godwin, and Rashad White because he's a pass catcher. And you can just run the Baker side if you want to run Baker. But, yeah, I'm still in on those guys that Beathard plays. Yeah. I, right. I like that game. I think that's the stack game. It's a gross... You, you might have sold me. You might have sold me. I, I think I I think I will do a little bit of uh, Baker Mayfield, Parker Washington. Yeah. Evan Ingram's leverage off of Njoku and McBride, who are going to be popular. It's a really, actually a pretty good tight end slate overall. Um, it's not a great pay down tight end either. Cause like every week, you know, like we had Tucker craft versus Chig last week. Like there's no one great down here at the, the punt tight end plays. Like you got what Kate Otten? like who the fuck wants to play Kate Otten? Uh, not me. <laughs> I, I'm playing, I'm playing Tucker craft again. I'll play Tucker craft 3,700. Dude plays every single snap, every single snap. He never comes off the field. Guy got, guy got uh, a helmet to the nuts and missed one snap and then came right back in. <laughs> can't you can't you can't you can't you can't beat that he's the best i'm in though i'm in on jags jags bucks though yeah all right jags bucks uh there we go everyone thanks for listening reeves what uh what can the people get on christmas for sharp football analysis yeah, I don't know. Uh, if you're signed up for fantasy subs, if they are doing promo code angle still, they're selling the pushing the uh, the playoff product. Obviously, I mean, I can't lie. Warren's been like the best year. He's having the best year he's had since I've been with him. He's just absolutely lighting lighting shit on fire right now with picks. So if you want to sign up for playoff stuff, I can get you the playoff worksheets. All that stuff's all included into that. Yeah. All right, there we go, everyone. 
Thanks for listening. We will be back. Actually, I'll be back with a special episode with Crane. Uh, that's gonna I'm gonna put that out on Saturday morning, so you'll have something to listen to if you're traveling on Christmas. And uh, we'll see y'all then later. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.